Hello, and welcome to the Old Broads Running Podcast. I'm Terry, And I'm Angela. And really, we're not that old. But we're not exactly young either. But we feel young, and that's why we're here. Exactly. It's never too late to start living your best life. You've paid your dues, and now it's time to reap the benefits. For me, that started when I found a like-minded community and used them for accountability. And that's what we want to be for you. So come on and join us on a run. Welcome to episode three of Old Broads Run. So Angela and I got on the scale this week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Should I go first or do you want to? Uh, you can go first. Okay, so last week I talked about the fact that I had gained eight pounds during COVID when I first weighed in, but it had been a while and I have gained another eight pounds so I have the COVID-16. Can you hear my dog barking? You, I can. <laughs> Abby. She's an old broad too. <laughs> she is an old broad. <laughs> so she's out on the balcony yelling at the neighbors. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we'll ignore her. Yeah. So I gained, yes, so I gained the COVID-16. So now I also, I'm weighed in and I'm a little overwhelmed. Since marathon training and now, I've actually gained six pounds. But that's, that's not bad. No, it's not. But I actually am looking at what I have gained since I hit my goal weight. So I am I truly am up about 20 pounds. I have a lot of work to do and I'm a little overwhelmed at where to go from here. Okay, so, you know, I mean, we talked a lot last week and I've been stressing about it since then. Uh, the whole idea of these numbers and being a slave to the scale because I really think that they're not indicative of true health. Also, I will say that since the gyms have closed, I'm definitely have lost a lot of muscle because not only had I, you know, I had done that Barry's boot camp challenge and I was really fit, getting strong and that came to a grinding halt. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. So again, extraordinary circumstances. I think that we've fared pretty well considering there's a global pandemic happening. We should not be beating ourselves up. You, Terry, should not be beating yourself yeah. up. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. And that's why, you know, looking at whether it's the COVID-6, the COVID-16, um, whether I want to lose 20 pounds or what my goal weight is going to be. Like I said, I'm a little overwhelmed. So I think what I kind of want to do and what I, I think is going to be best for me is to take this in small bites or baby steps. I'm going to take it at five pounds. So I'm trying to figure out what's a good time frame to lose five pounds. Is it two weeks? Is it three weeks? Can I have it gone next week? You know, that's where I'm trying to figure out, Angela. Well, you know, I mean, it depends. It depends on how deprived you want to be, on how strict you want to be, right? You know, that makes me think of John and Katie from the movie From Fat to Finish Line. I don't know if you remember their stories. I was like the fact that they had lost their weight with like polar opposite methods. And it just always made me think about the fact that what works for one person doesn't always work for somebody else. So Katie Foster, who has this great blog, Runs for Cookies, she doesn't make any change in her life that she can't live with for the rest of her life. So for her, she'd be on the 
three weeks, four weeks plan. John, when he started his weight loss journey, I think he weighed 220 pounds or something like that. And he just needed some momentum. And so what he did was he said, I'm going to be absolutely perfect until I get below 200 pounds. And he gave himself no leeway until he got to 199. He wanted to see results quick to give him motivation to go on, you know? So it just depends on, I think it depends on what works for you. And that's funny because when I lost my weight the first time, mine was John's way. First of all, I told anybody that would listen because accountability really works. I'd been eating out at fast food. I had done all that. I'd already splurged all I wanted. So now I had to stick to the gun. But it's a new day, you know, and a new time. So I need to figure out maybe a, a, a happy medium. I don't know. It's, it's, it's I a, think you're onto something. I actually think you're onto something there because I've been trying to think about, you know, for crying out loud, (laughs) I think Abby would like to have more treats. Yes, she would. (laughs) Abby has gained a little of the COVID too. Abby has gained the COVID nineteen for sure (laughs) because her her daycare is (laughs) closed. And they're social distancing the dogs. I have a geriatric English bulldog. So you hear my old broad in the background. I'm going to put a picture of her on our Instagram. And it's summer. She doesn't like to walk in the summer because she gets hot. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that that is really the key. I think the key is to be strict, eat for fuel most of the time, and then eat for enjoyment purposefully enjoy it and have no guilt and then just decide when are those times who are you with I had a therapist once who kind of revealed to me after I'd been seeing her for something completely different and I'd been seeing her for a while and so it came up that I was working on this movie from fat to finish line and she told me that she had lost 65 pounds she was awesome by the way 73 years old she had a 35 year old boyfriend she was beautiful so she had lost wow. 65 pounds I don't know what the hell I'd do with a 35 year old boyfriend I don't know, but I'll try. Challenge accepted. (laughs) But um, the only difference she had made was that she had made every meal intentional. So she would sit down. She couldn't do anything else while she ate. She couldn't look at her phone. She couldn't watch TV. She'd have to go sit at the table and eat her meal and only think about eating. And that made eating intentional for her and it changed everything. So that might be something we actually dive into bigger later because that's actually really interesting. Yes. Um, You know, I always thought I was going to lose way more weight with my marathon training. Um, I'd heard from people who, as it progressed, they would get more miles in. And as they got more miles in, they got to be able to eat more things. And some of the, like the audiobooks and the stories that I read, people would be able to eat whole pizzas and hamburgers and ice cream. And there's no ramification from it because you were running 16 miles or 12 miles or 10 or 18. So I really looked forward to that. But the funny thing is, is that, and I think you can attest to this, when we did our long runs and we were got to that point where we could eat, I was never that hungry. Even when I got home, I was never. Half the time, the meals that we did, we'd split them. So... Uh, you know, I was I was definitely disappointed that I didn't see a, a higher weight loss, but I know that I felt better in my body. So by the time we got to marathon day, no, I wasn't at the weight that I thought that I right. should be at or that I wanted to be, but I felt comfortable in the skin that I was in. There's two different types of people for marathon training. A lot of people will drop weight on their marathon training 
And I am usually one of those people. I did not this last time. And I actually think that it is because of the fueling. And I was running with you and I was actually fueling more than I have ever fueled in the past. So I think first time marathoners are always worried about their fuel and bonking and hitting the wall and stuff like that. And most of marathon fuel is pure sugar. And if your body doesn't need it, then it's going to create an insulin response and that causes your body to store fat. When we train for your second marathon, we are going to test your thresholds, Mm -hmm. you know, your glycogen storage thresholds, because I know that I can run a half marathon without any goo or any fuel. I know that I'm two, two and a half hours before I need something. I would normally not fuel at an hour, except for sports beans are delicious. They are. And if I'm running with you, (laughs) you are fueling religiously at time frames. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have, except for I thought, mm, yum, sports beans. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're blah, blah, blahing yes. about food, which is going to be a, happen a lot <laughs> on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, Angela and I are foodies. So the whole point of this particular episode is us getting our groove back. We kind of talked about the setbacks. We ran the marathon, and then the week later, the world shut down. We were running 100 miles a month, and then it came to a grinding halt. Starting in December is when my mileage really increased. I think I had like 78 miles in December. And then I jumped to my biggest month ever was in January, and I had 125 miles that month. And then in February, I had 117. And then all of a sudden, March, I had I had 37.9. And we already know that 26.2, that was the race. And then it went down to April. I had 5.7 miles. I had 13 in May. and June, I got 18. And then July, well, I'm not going to say because I'm going to kick butt in July. July's not over. July is just starting, yeah. man. So how do we get our groove back, so to speak? Recently released was episode five of the From Fat to Finish Line podcast. And Coach Rick Akey and Jennifer Rowe talk about it. And they had some really good ideas. They talked about making it new again and some of the things they do to kind of get out there, maybe have a new playlist or new shoes or so, or a new route, something that makes it new. When we trained for the marathon, we did our long run together. And thanks to this podcast, we're starting to do that again. So I know that I'm going to at least get that run in. Right now it's getting hot. We're, we're going into July and August and you know the heat of the summer. If I'm being realistic, I'm probably not going to get up at the crack of dawn and go run around my neighborhood, which has horrible sidewalks. And my park is pretty crowded and you have to wear a mask. I'm probably just not going to do that. So I think for me, I'm going to need to adapt. I think I'm going to start jump roping regularly. I discovered it because, you know, this horrible tragedy that I was following on Instagram with Broadway star Nick Cordero, who died of COVID-19. And his lovely wife is a fitness expert. And so she has a whole bunch of jump rope exercises. And they start at six minutes, and then they go up to 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I've tried a couple of the small ones, and I cannot even jump rope for three minutes yet. 
So that, I think, would be a fun new challenge. I can go out on my deck that you so lovingly have helped me clean up and landscape. And I subscribed to her fitness subscription, so I have access to all of her videos. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to stop running. But as you know, and we talked about this prior to the marathon happening, I was so concerned about not being able to run. And even though my runs have been, and I'm not going to even lie, they've been tough lately. I, I don't know if it's just, you know, having to wear a mask. The climate we're in, but I think the 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 easier part would be is if I could get my runs in in the morning, and it would be way easier when I haven't been on my feet all day, or if I haven't been sitting at a desk all day, would be way better. But I'm a self-proclaimed morning hater. I don't like getting up in the morning. But if you tell me that I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning to get to a race at five, I'm going to be up at two. I don't like being late for a race. So maybe I think what I want to do is I want to start treating two of my runs a week like a race. What I'll do is I'll set my flat Terry out the night before so that I'm prepared in the morning. I have everything ready. And then I set my alarm. I get up and I get out there and I get my run done in the morning. You know, you respond really, really well to accountability with your like whiteboard and your posts. I'm so thrilled to see how much you've inspired people, even strangers, because now Gertie gets fit. Yay! She's doing her whiteboard every day. So I bet if you were to lay your flat Terry out and you were to post that on Instagram and on Facebook, all your friends and family out there would keep you accountable because then if you weren't able to post the actual Mm -hmm. results, you'd feel bad about that. No, and that's absolutely true. When I first started this in 2016, and I did, I literally told anybody that would listen about what my plan was. The more people I tell, the more people that are going to turn around and say, hey, how are you doing? And I'm going to remember how to do that. So for the next four weeks, that's my goal. That's cool. Two Runs a week, flat Terry. Okay, and then one run, one long run a week with me. Yes. So there's your three runs. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to do a long run with you. I am going to jump rope twice a week because I'm I'm realistic about the fact that I'm really not good at doing stuff alone. (laughs) That's part of the reason why before all of this happened and everything shut down, my splurges, you know, people all have their splurges. Some people like to splurge on clothes. Some people like to splurge on wine. You know, I splurged on exercise classes. And I remember when I had my triathlon coach, it would make him crazy because I would, I'd Uber up to West Hollywood to my spin class, take a spin class and then run home from it. And he couldn't get any data because I have a bike with a power pedal and a trainer. And if I would spin at home on my trainer, he'd have all my data. What was my power? What was my cadence? What was my heart rate? But, you know, I'm five minutes on that trainer. And unless we're doing a Zoom group with friends or something like that, I am losing my effing mind. I hate doing shit by myself. <laughs> And so, you know, if I pay for a boot camp class, now we don't have our beloved dance class anymore. And, you know, I've been getting up in the morning three times a week and getting to the ocean to swim because I'm meeting people. I will say that I don't mind doing things by myself. I don't know if you remember, Angela, when we first started with COVID, on Saturday mornings, you, me, and Sarah would get in with the 567 dance and we do dance classes. Well, once we stopped doing it, I actually kept them going. So I have found online dance classes, online yoga classes, and I have an amazing um, lady that I used to do my Zumba with, Pearl Fitness in San Diego, that she's now online too. So I can find all my cross-training, all my moving online, and I could at least get that done. 
So if I run in the morning, I'll do my online dance class in the evening. Yeah. I mean, I I can try. <laughs> I like being outside. My dog and my cat jump all over me when I do yoga. Again, wah, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse. I like classes. I like being with other people. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. I think I can jump rope because it's high intensity for a short amount of time. And my deck is beautiful and I can get out and do that. So that's my four-week challenge to, to jump rope by myself or with Amanda Glutes online because that's online so that's my online thing there you go yeah that's my baby step all right (laughs) all right so what are three takeaways for getting your groove back like Jen and Rick said on the From Fat to Finish Line podcast you can make it new again kind of something to give you that thrill back you can switch it up like me and I'm going to try jump roping for two of my runs can create a new challenge for yourself like Terry who's going to pretend that she's running a race twice a week (laughs) she's going to lay out her flats she's going to get up early gosh I really want to get up early and do stuff in the morning I just think that you're a better more productive human when you don't sit around drinking coffee grumpy in the morning (laughs) I'm right with you we'll see how this works for me okay I'm looking forward to it because I want to follow in your footsteps if it works but I'm going to let you try first (laughs) (laughs) gee thanks Most importantly, to get our groove back, what I need to do is to take a look at my food. I have definitely slacked off on my healthy eating during COVID-19. I want to spend a lot more time thinking about what's healthy food, what's fuel, and then what is food for enjoyment, and then eat that purposefully without guilt. Food got me where I'm at, and food will get me where I'm going. I want to kind of coin a term now for some old broad mantras. The things that stressed me out in my younger days or the things that I obsessed about in my younger days that I don't want to worry about anymore. And I talked a lot about last time about, like, I don't want to worry about the number on the scale, and I don't want to worry about somebody liking me or not liking me based on my gene size, you know? And I also don't want to worry about deprived myself of wine and cheese and crackers occasionally you know I mean I don't need to eat it every night nope I agree with you absolutely I'm right there with you all right so we know food's an issue many people say that health is 20% exercise 80% diet some of the uber fit trainers all have quotes Jillian Michael says nothing tastes as good as being skinny feels I don't know if I agree with that. I've heard abs are made in the kitchen. (laughs) I don't know, but I need the recipe. And my favorite is you can't outrun a bad diet. Well, you may not be able to outrun a bad diet, but you sure can talk about a bad diet on a run. So take a listen, because here we are on our run. We're back. (laughs) Still in COVID. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're making very small laps around some bleachers at the park in Beverly Hills. (laughs) Very small laps because uh, we had to find a place where we could talk without our masks. And so we're uh, gonna do (laughs) a mile (laughs) by doing about 30 laps on this little walkway. It's the only place that we could drop our masks down and have a conversation and not sound all muffled. Anyway, We are embarking now in our challenge and we have our non-scale victories that we're heading towards. So, you know, here's the thing with me and weight, and I suppose I should be thankful for it. What I was thankful for in my younger days was that every ounce of my weight gain 
goes to my middle section. And so when I would gain five or 10 pounds, I could change the outfit I wore and put on a blousey shirt and a short skirt and not look like I've gained any weight. And so, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> but now it's a health issue because my weight goes to exactly where it's unhealthy for women. I'm at risk for a heart attack and like I said last week, the dreaded dementia, which is the one thing that I'm terrified of. The weight around your waist has always been one of my biggest concerns because I did have a doctor that said it is one of the worst places to put on weight, not only for dementia, but for heart issues, organ issues. And although you don't want to get dementia, I and my family knows this, my friends know this, I don't want to die. I've had a horrible <laughs> I don't really want to die either, but <laughs> no. <laughs> But I'd rather die than have dementia. See, I guess it's a selfish part of me a little bit that I feel like I still have so much life to live and I do want to spend it healthy. See, I'm 57. Uh, I can make it to 100, maybe. Easily. My Easily. dad was 103. So that's my goal. Non-scale victory, live to 100. Okay. We're going to have a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> are. 43 years. Yes, we are. <laughs> so if you want to live to 100, and if I take care of myself, given my family history, I'm likely to live to 100. You will. I really am struggling with trying to find some way to measure success from week to week, because I think you need those weekly successes that aren't based on how much I weigh, you know? You know, and I'm also struggling with the balance between food and fuel. Like I saw in the From Fat to Finish Line group, how great Melanie Miller's doing since she dropped dairy out of her diet. And I have done that before when I worked with Montel Williams and I was ghostwriting for his workout book. His trainer had no flour, no sugar, no dairy. And so I did that for a month. I ate all I wanted and I ate no flour, no sugar, no dairy. And I think I lost like 15 pounds. Wow. A lot of it is water weight from inflammation because I do believe that I have a slight inflammatory reaction to wheat. I know if I eat a lot of bread, my joints hurt in the morning. And when you have inflammation, you have water retention. So weight doesn't necessarily mean I've lost fat. It also can mean I've lost inflammation, which yeah. is something I want to do, but I also don't know if I want to live a life without bread ever. Yeah. So, you know, I'm struggling with kind of picking a lifetime healthy eating scenario for me. You're, you don't want to be reliant upon that scale to show progress. And there are other ways. And one of them is measuring yourself. You know, you measure your waist and you write the measurements down because sometimes you can lose weight without losing weight. You right, lose you inches. can lose fat. You can gain muscle. I mean, I've started lifting weights again. You're absolutely right. Maybe it is finding those, remember those um, ripped jeans we bought? Oh yeah. That would be a good, that pair of jeans might be a good benchmark. I think those were my healthy weight jeans. <laughs> I think they I were all mine. I do know right where mine are. And maybe I pull them out because they're actually cute too. One thing that I've done this week that I'm super proud of is every day making myself a healthy smoothie. And so it's kale and spinach and berries and bananas and they come, they're organic and they come pre-packaged in a frozen bag. And then I've been adding a scoop of whey protein grass-fed whey and the scoop of powdered coconut milk. Ah, <laughs> it's powdered really milk. Remember, we're dating ourselves. Remember yes, powdered milk, although this is coconut milk. <clears throat> and I've been adding a scoop of extra greens in it. And so I know I'm finally feeding myself a bunch of phytonutrients. 
it fills me up for a while and I think that's one less you know kind of junky meal I might be eating not that all not that I eat junky food all the time no but, no and I and I I can attest to that but it's definitely better <clears throat> than some of the stuff that I've been doing which will be like rolling a Persian cucumber up in a piece of provolone cheese. It's, you know, <laughs> so sometimes our, our choices can be convenient. Yeah. I can tell you right now, you got that smoothie all to yourself because I saw you drink it yesterday. That was about as green well, it turns as brown. you're gonna get. Kind of gross, I know. And no, I have also been doing a smoothie, almond milk, fresh fruit, and then just a protein powder. But it also, I, it was like you said, one less meal that I'm uh, making convenient. Right, with, and you're making it very healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing about smoothies, as long as you're not eating them as an extra meal. No. You know, no. it's easy on your digestive system because it's broken down and then it's full of, of phytonutrients and the micronutrients. And sometimes those are the nice non-scale victories too, is finding this meal that is easy to do and convenient, but yet healthy and even when I do my smoothies, I feel good. Like, I'm happy when I'm drinking it. Yeah, and I... And, and there's no guilt. Right. So maybe non-scale victories every week are adding more meals to fuel your body versus more meals for pleasure. Because as the lockdown happened, I know I particularly was eating a lot more for pleasure because it's one of the few things we could do, right? Exactly. When mine goes back a little bit where I did deprive myself a little bit when I first started my Weight Watchers in 2016. So as I started to come out of it, I did want to treat. But mine is I will rather have a couple bites of something and enjoy it rather than find a whole big bag of potato chips. You're good at that though. Like you can, I've never seen anyone who can eat two spoonfuls of ice cream, but you can eat two spoonfuls of ice cream and then I can come to your house three weeks later and that <laughs> pint of ice cream is still in there and you haven't even, like maybe you've had three more spoonfuls, but sometimes you haven't even had any more of it. Uh, there's a pint of ice cream does not survive overnight in my house. I've tried to only eat a half a pint and the problem is, you know, they sell those little single serving cups, but not of the good flavors. Nope. I know exactly which ones you're talking about. <laughs> they have like Hagen Dice has vanilla yes. and chocolate, but yep, and chocolate chip cookie dough. I like the uh, I don't like I don't like cookie dough. Uh, I like the caramel and the, the yeah, fudge. And, Fish no, food. No no association a lot with food here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean it's it's legitimate, right? It's how yep. we feel. It's I don't wanna give up ice cream, you know? I think no. I think that a dairy free life would be difficult for me, although maybe a less yes. dairy life. Moderation. You know, I don't need to eat it every day. One of the things that I really appreciate and I've learned from you over the last four years, um, and you've done it, gosh, at least a dozen times or more, and that is when you hear someone say, yeah, they went, you know, cut wheat out, cut sugar out, cut meat out, you don't just poo-poo it. You actually say, you know what, I'm going to try it. And you've gone um, meatless Mondays, or you've done... What's the month? May? Meatless oh, May? Vegan June. Vegan June. But you oh. do that and you see how your body reacts. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that from you. The AIDS ride derailed my vegan June. I let the AIDS ride derail my vegan June, let's be honest, right? So I would do vegan June. I, did, I started it, gosh, it just came up in my Facebook memory. So I started vegan June one year where my friends were filming a movie in my house. And 
If anyone's ever been on a movie set, they realize that there's a lot of junk food on a movie set because like, you're working really long hours. Craft car or the craft Craft something. service. Yep, yep. craft I, service. I actually have been on a movie once. <laughs> and so I just said, I'm gonna be vegan this month because I knew that it would keep me away from the cheese and crackers. So that was the first year I did it, about 10 years ago. And wow. I ate all I wanted and I dropped eight pounds that month, but I also felt fantastic oh my god i felt so good like i get it for my vegan friends plant-based you know i felt fantastic but i missed cheese and i think that sarah and the girlfriends were going out for like fondue in july at one oh point oh my god and i was like okay screw it because i had just set june as the date right but the other thing that happened that year was that i had my annual physical like on July 2nd or July 3rd, and my numbers, like I remember my doctor, because I've always been pretty healthy, but my doctor was like, Angela, what happened? Because cholesterol, like everything was like, I was a 20 year old again. Wow. And I was in my mid forties when I did vegan June. So it is better for you to eat plants. <laughs> it is, but. <laughs> but dairy is delicious. And I agree with you. I'm not a huge meat eater. I'm not. I don't eat a ton of red meat. I don't. I do like fish. I eat shrimp. But I do eat a lot of dairy. I love cheese. We do our French dinners. I do like eggs. They're a, a staple of what I eat trying to be healthy. But I also, I tend to take things personal when I'm, you know, cutting things out as if it's a punishment and even though it's better for my body. So mentally, I just don't know if I'd be able to do it. Right, well, you can't feel like you're being punished. Yep. I also feel the idea of living life to its fullest and enjoying it is not obsessing about the number on the scale, um, not obsessing about what you put in your mouth, enjoying a meal. You know, I mean, one of the things I miss more than anything else right now is our post-long run yep. treat meal. We would split a burger yeah. or split a Reuben sandwich, you know, but it was something that we'd get a beer and have something that we normally wouldn't eat. But we had ran for four hours, right? Yep. <laughs> so I think I wanna set my intention for this coming week. And I'm gonna figure out a way to journal it. That is, you know, something around the idea of the 80-20 rule, where I am eating 80% of my meals to fuel a healthy body and 20% of them for enjoyment. So whether that means when we get together and exercise and have a treat, then that's your 20%. Or, yeah, and so I don't know if it's 20% of the meals or 20% of the amount of food. I have to figure it out. It's just kind of like the idea of it being a general rule, but I think I need to quantify it somehow to make it something I can follow. So my goal for this week is to very, very, very intentionally eat 80%. 80% of what's going to go in my mouth is going to be to fuel a healthy body, and 20% will be for enjoyment and that will be in social settings. So that's gonna also include alcohol in social settings only for me, for me. Because I know that what works for me and what works for you is completely different and you have a very stressful job, you might need, need a glass of wine. <laughs> so I think looking at what my intentions for the next week are, is I think I really am gonna work very hard at the seven o'clock cutoff for food, but the seven o'clock cutoff for alcohol also. That's gonna be my real push this next week. Nothing after seven. I'm going to increase my water intake for a little bit of the alcohol and I'm, I am going to also work at cutting out some 
my baby steps. There, I like those. We've got some yeah. really good push points for this next week. Okay, till next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Old Broads Running Podcast. If you want to join our Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Old Broads Run. And if you're a runner over 50, we'd love to inspire others by sharing your story. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or email us at hello at oldbroadsrun.com. We look forward to seeing you out on the road.